0: The exciting, dangerous world of James Bond has arrived in Los Angeles. The Peterson Automotive Museum invites you to experience the cinematic legacy of over 30 iconic vehicles of James Bond in the new exhibit, Bond in Motion. This new Bond exhibition features the largest official collection of 007 vehicles in the United States, including the 1977 Lotus Esprit S1 submarine and no time to die Aston Martin DB5. Plan your visit today at peterson.org backslash bond. That's P E T E R S E N.org backslash bond. First, we're going to have a ball.
1: Hi, this is Trina Parks, I'm Thumper from Diamonds Are Forever, and you are listening to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. All yours, Bambi.
0: I suppose we should pull a script up, shouldn't we?
1: Yeah. Wait, you, this one <laughs> this one's going to be a little more offbeat, <laughs> so be ready to roll with it, but uh, I guess.
0: Okay. Hundred and sixty-seven thousand $67,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other two? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? <laughs> It again, Sam. It's a charming
1: tune. Welcome to the 27th episode of Bond Music Six of the Best. It's our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks. This month is another Bond spin off album. As we give a listen to my latest pick, the James Bond theme triple feature. I am, of course, Jared Albrick, the art sale artist. And along with me is my best friend for life, which sounds something like a prison sentence. It is Alan J. Porter. Welcome back to the show, Alan.
0: Do I get time off for good behavior? Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> <Wee>! <laughs> I put in my parole request immediately.
1: <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how that
0: goes especially with you doing things like you're doing with this episode oh we're getting crazy we are we, getting crazy we were just as... talking about having the script up but with what you've done with this episode uh, i don't see any point in having the script at all do you
1: <laughs> but only for me when it comes to the background information other than that yes those of you familiar with the show know that six of the best we usually Bring a Bond album, and whoever leads picks three tracks that they like. The other guy picks three tracks for a total of six. Well, this CD, James bond theme triple feature by GNP Crescendo Records, only has three tracks. And it's the same song, just done by by three different folks. So we're going to do things a little differently on this episode. I will give you the background of the CD as best I can, as usual, and then we'll get Alan's overall thoughts on it. And then we're just going to play the three tracks. After we've played the three tracks, we will reveal how we ranked them, one, two, and three. And then, just to make it a little more fun, I challenged Alan. I said, just by listening to the track, how it sounds, what vibe it gets off, what Bond movie would you stick it into? Like, if you were going to put it on the soundtrack of a Bond movie. So, we'll find out what Bond movie Alan associated each of these tracks with, along with the Bond movie that I did that with. So, that's our wild, wacky episode coming up. Alan, clear as mud. Definitely. If you followed
0: along with that, folks, you're better than I, I am.
1: <laughs> just, you know, just listen to music, <laughs> listen to us talk, it'll all work out.
0: <laughs> okay. I trust you, I think.
1: <laughs> Here we go. All right, let me start off with an overall summary of this soundtrack CD. As always, when we kick this section off, we like to ask, Hey, how did you discover this album? Most of the time, it's because the other guy brought it. Is that the case for you again, Alan? Had you heard of it before?
0: No, I'd never heard of it before. This is just when you said last time, and I immediately figured we were going to have problems with this because, judging from the title, I I sort of figured out it was. Well, you said it was three tracks, and then when you told me what the title was, I sort of figured out it's not just three tracks. It's three versions of the same thing. So, uh, no, I haven't heard it before. All right, all right.
1: I recently came to it as well. A fan of the show. Gifted me three giant Rubbermaid tubs full of James Bond stuff
0: at the last Dragon Con. Which, if I remember rightly, we did a live unboxing on YouTube. Yes, so, you, yes. those people have got really nothing better to do for an hour than watch us watch Jared empty <laughs> a box of James Bond stuff, and myself and his brother go, "Ooh, I want that!" Then you can find <laughs> it on YouTube. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, there's an unboxing video of it on the Long Box Crusade channel on YouTube. Yes, but this was part of it a very very nice guy who was a fan of the show gave me those three boxes and this was one of the things that was in the boxes. So this was just acquired this past fall and I thought, "Eh, why not bring it on the show?" So here we are.
0: By the way, that's autumn for our international
1: audience. Oh, uh, autumn for our inter- all right. Thanks for keeping it classy. <laughs> Lord knows I'm not going to here we go with this album's information. It was released in 1998. As I mentioned, it's by GMP Crescendo Records, which is a, has an interesting story behind the record label itself. It is an independent record label. It was founded in 1954 by Gene Norman, whose son Neil runs the label now. It started as a jazz label, pretty much exclusively with jazz records and some comedy records. I'll talk about that in a second but they expanded the soundtracks after some successful licensing of some Star Trek records. They got the Star Trek license. So they put out some Star Trek music records and said, we kind of like this licensing thing, which is how we get to the James Bond theme being done three different times on three different records of theirs. Now going back to Gene Norman in 1954, he hitchhikes his way to Los Angeles with not much money in his pocket at all with the goal of becoming a, concert promoter and he does a really good job at promoting concerts so good he gets a little money in his pocket and he opens two jazz and comedy nightclubs there in los angeles both met with huge successes and i when i say huge successes i mean if you can think of a pretty famous jazz musician they played the clubs i was looking at the list you know duke ellington miles davis Cam count there you go count Count (laughs) more than likely played the clubs and if you can think of comedians they played his clubs so the nightclub success led to recordings of the performances at the nightclubs and that's how the record label was born he started recording the live sessions and saying hey i want to make records of these instead of running through a bigger label and trying to pitch that idea and all that he just made his own record label g and records and started releasing jazz albums Comedy albums. And then, like I said, after the success of the licensing of Star Trek, they decided we could do more licensing albums. So that is the history behind GMP Crescendo Records. Now, let's take a look at each of the acts that are on this CD. And of course, there's only three. Track one is Neil Norman and his Cosmic Orchestra. Now, if you paid attention before, you know that Gene Norman founded it. Neil Norman runs it now. So, of course, he got a track on (laughs) this CD. He owns the label. But Neil is a Pretty talented musician in his own right, as you'll hear when we listen to track one. Track two is by Billy Strange. Billy Strange is a singer, songwriter, and studio musician who wrote the song A Little Less Conversation for Elvis and Limbo Rock for Chubby Checker.
0: Cool. I love A Little Less Conversation. It's one of my favorite Elvis tracks. (laughs) not not know Did not make the connection. That is very cool. Oh, if you want connections, there's more coming, Alan. Okay.
1: Get ready for the Bond Connection. He's got a big Bond Connection coming up. He was a studio musician on You Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra and tons of other Nancy Sinatra tracks. If you can name a, a Nancy Sinatra track or tune, he worked on it.
0: These boots. Got it. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't so, a quiz. That wasn't a quiz. That was that was a rhetorical <laughs> if you can name, was it? <laughs> right. Oh, okay. But I mean, if you're gonna name a Nancy Sinatra track, well, why not that one, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Some of his other studio credits include being a studio musician on The Beach Boys. He worked on Sloop John B, Jan and Dean, The Ventures, which will also appear on this album. Willie Nelson, Everly Brothers, Nat King Cole—he's studio musician for everybody. And oh, by the way, it wasn't just music scene; it was also TV themes. He can be heard on the TV themes of The Munsters, Have Gun Will Travel, and 1966's Batman. So he has a nice nice library of work. He ended up, by the way, running a publishing company out of Tennessee for the Sinatra family. Like I said, he was in really everything with Nancy, and I think he got the favor of Frank, and they ended up giving
0: him a job running the Sinatra's publishing company. Nice. So that sounds like he may have been part of the Wrecking Crew, the famous...
1: 100% yes. That was also in the notes. He was part of the
0: Wrecking Crew. Okay. There's an awesome documentary, I think it's on Amazon, about the Wrecking Crew and all the all the work they did, and all the famous songs that they're in that you've got no idea. Like mm-hmm. Coming up with the Mission Impossible baseline—that was actually one of the session musicians, and all that sort of stuff. It's a really cool documentary, and I'm going way off piece here, but um, no, that sounds good. The Wrecking Crew. Are re- if you dig into the the work they have done, it's just amazing how much of the classic pop rock TV movie stuff that they're involved with.
1: Yes, he was definitely involved in that. That was in the notes as well. So good job paying attention to what I was talking about. <laughs> The third and final act on the CD is The Ventures, probably the most famous. A lot of people have heard of The Ventures. They are pioneers of surf music. They really push the effects work with guitar sounds, adding larbles and distortions. And if you ever heard The Ventures, you know what I'm talking about. They were formed in 1958 in Tacoma, Washington. And their breakthrough single was Walk, Don't Run, a theme that I still love to listen to today. It's a great, great guitar theme. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2008, and their work pretty much speaks for itself. Again, they are clearly the most famous of the three people on this track. Now, the CD itself is mildly rare. It sells for about $20 on eBay. And at Discogs.com, which was a site that conglomerates and keeps all the information on just about any album, any time, anywhere it was put out, is a huge website. Very helpful, by the way, if you're ever researching music. Discogs.com it has an average rating of five out of five. So the people who own it really like it. <laughs> so there you have it. All right, Alan, I gave you all the background I gather up. What are your overall thoughts on this album's experience?
0: i say it was a much more enjoyable experience. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually walk back on that. Considering we both love the Bond theme and I have a YouTube playlist of nothing but different versions of the Bond theme, which I will listen to the same tune played multiple times in different ways. First, several hours sitting down to listen to three versions shouldn't have been a chore and it wasn't i must admit when you first said what it was i was like really that sounds a bit naff to use a good english expression and it wasn't i really actually really enjoyed it it's three they're not too far apart they're they're fairly similar in their interpretations but different enough to give a different vibe for each track i think it's not like we got like a calypso version and a a cappella version and a Gregorian chant version, or anything. They're all <laughs> fairly close to each other, but there is enough differentiation, I think, to make it enjoyable. So, yeah, I, I found it was, it was a fun thing to sort of put on in the background as I was always, like folding the laundry or doing stuff. You know, it wasn't a sit down and listen to, but it was a good background, whatever it is, 10, 15 minutes worth of listening, I think.
1: Same, same. When I first saw the CD, I really thought it was going to be one of those you often may find it in like a bargain bin. It's like it's basically like a guy with his electronic keyboard that plays <laughs> different, pieces, different versions of the song. But no, this one had a little bit more uh, pep and flavor to it that I'm sure we'll discuss shortly. And we are about to listen to the tracks and give our thoughts on said tracks. But uh, Alan, I don't think we can not pass on talking about the cover art. <laughs>
0: Well, I think we can sum it up in one word, can't we?
1: Uh, what word would you
0: use? Uh, boobies. <laughs> boobies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Trying to keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yes, that, that was you. clearly not a light. Well, maybe it was licensed from Playboy, not from Eon. But <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs>
1: it's something. <laughs> if you're listening to this, certainly check out our Twitter at ohmspod, and there'll be a picture of the album along with the post for this episode. It's. <laughs> It's a, it's a very sexy girl sh- showcasing her cleavage. It looks straight out of a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, taking up the predominance of the left. On the right, you have James Bond. You described it well. We talked before, Alan. It's not the gun barrel. It's more like concentric.
0: It's a concentric circle. <laughs> circle. Yeah, it's like this is as close as we can get to the trademark without actually violating the trademark. <laughs>
1: yes. So it's those concentric, like blue and black circles. It's clearly a Roger Moore that's been, I don't know, what would you say, like uh, stripped down, like minimalized.
0: Yeah. I mean, it looks like he's wearing a face. I looked at it this morning. It looks like he's wearing like a face mask. Or, you know, it's just like a covid era mask over the bottom <laughs> of his face.
1: So, yeah, the the cover is kind of funny, which is kind of what led me to think it could be one of those like guy on his keyboard uh, <laughs> versions of the song. But no, GMP Crescenzo did put together, like we said, a, a nice little three three-track thing.
0: You said that looked look, look like it was from sport. the Swimsuit swim, swim, swim Edition. What swimsuit? You? If you look really close, Alan, you can see
1: part of the swimsuit.
0: I can't say I examined it that minutely.
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Just check out the cover, folks. It's, um, they're certainly selling to a certain demographic, which, I mean, I buy it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right, with that, let's get into listening to the three tracks. Like I said, we're just going to listen to them in order, give some quick thoughts on them. Once we're done with the three, then we'll rank them. And then the most fun part is we'll say where we would have placed them in uh, James Bond films if we had to force them into a soundtrack somewhere. So without further ado, let's listen to track one. Again, these are all the James Bond themes. So this is the Neil Norman and his Cosmic Orchestra track. immediate thoughts
0: i love the drum intro yes the driving drum intro i think is really cool i like the fact that this is also a live recording i can just imagine this would be a great thing to hear in concert here than do live in concert as this clearly was from the sort of cheers at the beginning but yeah that driving drum intro and then you get into the wailing guitar yeah i like this version
1: yeah me too i like it as well it's funny because when i first heard the crowd you i was like is a post-production crowd noise that they put in there. And I looked in the notes and it says it's live at the House of Blues in Hollywood. This is a live recording. And I tell you what, like you said, sort of the drum work and then how the guitars come in and you can tell that Neil Norman learned from his dad from doing yeah. the jazz club recordings because the recording quality for a live is yeah. really good.
0: But yeah, I mean, I must admit, I've been to quite a few House of Blues places around the US when, yeah, I could imagine sitting there with a having had a burger and have a beer in hand and watching the band and listening to the band this coming on and being really jazzed with, with it. So yeah. yeah, good live cut. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now I'm hungry. So let's hurry. I'm get through the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to track two, which is the Billy strange track. The thing that sort of jumps out at you. If you just look at the back of the CD where it lists the tracks, it's short, it's less than two minutes long, but I think of the three, it has the most unique sound. Let's give it a listen.
0: All right, alan, what do you think? i'd agree i think of the three it is the most unique this is probably the one i went back and listened to the most because i wasn't quite sure about it so i kept going back and it like, same
1: here i was like
0: do i like it
1: yeah <laughs> it's yeah different it's i don't difficult. know
0: yeah so i think i've listened to it the most i'm still still on the fence about it i must admit tell me but, this alan
1: what i mentioned billy strange worked on batman 66 of the monsters i swear i can hear that influence in there I swear I can hear Batman 6. Now you've said
0: said it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, you were saying. No, I was going to say, I'm still not sure whether I like it or not. There's bits of it I like, bits of it I'm not sure about, but it's certainly distinctive.
1: Same here. Yeah. I I really like its unique sound, but some of it's a little sped up for me. Some of it felt a little sped up.
0: I'm not sure about the echo effect either.
1: And it had that really uh, 60s sound. He'd, he'd put a little twang in the uh, wow, you know, put a yeah. little warble in a note, you know. And yeah. I was like, again, it creates unique. Do I like it? Eh, we'll see how it falls out on my yeah. rankings of one, two, and three here shortly. With that, let's get into the third and final track, which is by The Ventures. Let's give their version a listen.
0: Alan, what do you think? I was actually already familiar with this one. As you said, it's probably the most famous of the three. I think I already had this on my playlist. Um, mm-hmm. So already pretty familiar with it. I enjoy it. I like a lot of that era's music anyway. If anybody's like stuff from the 50s and 60s, music is probably it's come over quite clearly on this and other shows. So uh, yeah, that was sort of just reinforcing that it's an enjoyable version for me. Definitely, definitely.
1: Same feelings. I mean, I, when I first picked up the CD and kind of pulled it out of that tub and turned it over. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, oh Ventures, <laughs> you know, cause I, I'm with you. I'm a big fan of fifties and sixties music. And I really like the Ventures, especially that stuff they did back in that era. So there you have the three versions, the Neil Norman is cosmic orchestra. Again, that was live at the house of blues in Hollywood. You have the Billy strange version, which is available on the album secret agent file. And then you have The Ventures, which is on the album Wild Again. So we've heard all three. I believe it's time for us to rank them. So, Alan, let's do yours first.
0: Coming in at number three. My second and third one, I was backwards and forwards. I had a clear number one, but the other two took quite a bit of thinking. The Billy Strange one, as much as I love everything the Wrecking Crew did and all that stuff, I think that's my number three. Still not 100% sure. I appreciate it, but I'm not sure if I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that, yeah.
0: So yeah, that came in at my number three.
1: I'm like, hmm, I don't not like it, but right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's interesting is the best word. All right, so your number three was that? My number three was actually the Neil Norman live version, which again, I don't not like it. I just thought the other two brought up something a little more unique to the show. So that brings us to number
0: two. What do you got? So my number two is Ventures. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a little bit of familiarity breeds contempt type stuff. Oh, okay. You were already used to it. You'd heard yeah. it. It didn't yeah. bring
1: anything new. I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Fair enough. I have uh, Billy Strange at number two. I thought he was just unique enough to put him just slightly over Neil Norman. Again, I want to be clear. I like all these. I like all three of them. You could probably peg me on any different day and I could shuffle these rankings
0: up. (laughs) I would say I could say the amount of times I actually redid this. I think I I redid this ranking of three way more than I've ever done any re-ranking of the 25 (laughs) Bond movies or 25 (laughs) Bond themes or whatever. So,
1: I guess it's just harder. So by process of elimination.
0: Process of elimination, my number one was actually Neil Norman, the live version. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a real good
1: driving version.
0: Yeah, fun version. The other two I enjoyed, that was the one I actually imagined myself listening to them do live. I know it was a live recording, but that's one I could imagine listening to the band and being there, like I said, with you know, your beer and your burger and listening to the band. And it brought up a feeling of atmosphere. The other two were pieces of music. This one really built an atmosphere for me. So I think that's why I gave, gave it my top slot.
1: That's totally understandable. And with you putting it in that uh, lens Almost makes me want to, again, renumber number mine. I have The Ventures at number one. It was an easy win for me because, again, it's a very recognizable name. I already like The Ventures. I really like their serious rock vibe they brought to it. But I totally get you. I hadn't heard that version until I got the CD. You heard it a dozen times. So I get it. I get the fact that you might be looking for something fresher. So we have a variety in our one through 3 and I'd be interested to see how. Our listeners rank them. Um, the Neil Norman, Billy Strains, Ventures. What's your one through three? Let us know on Twitter at OHMSpod. Well, Alan, with that, let's do the fun part. Let's see which movie we associated with each song. I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm really hoping like, we get a match. Like, If we get All a right, match, I'm going to be, very be awesome.
0: excited.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be very excited. <laughs> So let's start with that Neil Norman, sort of upbeat, fun rock
0: version. Good to lead in with the drums. What movie would you put that with? This, for me, was the easy one. This one, a movie came to mind straight away. Uh, same
1: for me? I wonder if it's the same movie.
0: <laughs> it, for me, it gave me very Pierce Brosnan vibes. Uh, it had to be Goldeneye.
1: Oh, dang um, it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could
1: see it. For me, when I think about sort of the fun rock with the guitar, my mind went to A View to a Kill. That's when Barry brought in a lot of guitar rock yeah, to yeah. the soundtrack. So I thought it would fit best there. But you
0: know what? I, I, yeah. Yeah. I and let's face it, be better, it's better than anything Eric Sarah put in the movie.
1: So. <laughs> so yeah, putting it in GoldenEye might put that soundtrack up a little bit.
0: <laughs> I know. It gave me that sort of Moby, slightly no, rock I vibe see. of the, Bos- the, the Moby Brosnan theme, which mm-hmm. I know was introduced in the next movie. But when I think of Brosnan, I think of Goldeneye and yeah. it certainly needed better music. So for me, it was, it was Goldeneye.
1: <laughs> You're increasing the value of the Goldeneye soundtrack by including <laughs> the Neil Norman. I like it. No, I think it is a good fit. And I, like I said, I, I went with a view to a kill because I felt like it fit with Barry's vibe throughout the score. Yeah, yeah cool. no, I can see that. I can see that. All right. we got two more chances to get a match. Come on. Come on, match. All right. So the second track is the Billy Strange one. Very uh, unique sound. It's got, Like I said, it's got a little bit of that Batman 66, a little bit of that Monsters vibe into it. What movie did you put it with?
0: Well, I thought it had a bit of a southern twang, the Louisiana swamps, <laughs> New Orleans vibe to it. So it was Live and Let Die for me.
1: All right. I considered Live and Let Die on that track, but I thought it had a little bit of that 60s surf music to it. And when I think 60s surf, I think Thunderball.
0: So I put it on the
1: Thunderball soundtrack.
0: (laughs) It must have been something watery about it, though, that we both came up with.
1: That's all right. This is half the fun. i am enjoying this. (laughs) So our third and final track is The Ventures. And I would say that one in the first track by Neil Norman, those are the two that sound the most similar. But I thought the Neil Norman one. Was a little more fun and the ventures was a little more serious rock, which is going to influence my decision. But what
0: was yours? Now it's interesting because I thought it was fun. <laughs> so, All right, what'd you got? So my first thing was well, surf music, surfing Bond. Oh, if only we'd had a movie with a surfing Bond. And then I was like, ah, Die Another Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then I thought, well, no, it doesn't really fit with Die Another Day. So I was thinking something light and fun, Roger Moore ish. So for me, I came up with Octopussy.
1: Uh <laughs> oh, we were never meant to match, but that's okay. <laughs> I like the Octopussy vibe. This is a fun game. Again, I got a more serious, almost a slightly more I thought a slightly more aggressive rock than the Neil Norman version. And when I thought aggressive with the guitars, guitars put me back in the eighties. Aggression, I went licensed to kill with Timothy Dalton.
0: That's interesting. So, I, it's not, I would have
1: never. That movie. <laughs>
0: We've just exposed how different people hear things completely differently, but it's fun. I like this. Oh, you were just doing it so you could get a license to kill into the movie. Yes. Show. Did
1: I mention it's my favorite James Bond movie? Have I, think I ever you might
0: have sort of alluded to it in passing once or twice.
1: <laughs> well, in case you were wondering, it's my favorite. That was fun. I would love to hear what our listeners, what movies our listeners would put these tracks into so once again hit us up at twitter at ohms pod and let us know you know what
0: movie soundtracks you'd put these in i think that's a fun game yeah i'd love to see that yeah see how many other 25 we can get from those three tracks <laughs> yeah i think we get enough people it's gonna work out well, we just got six different ones didn't we so <laughs> we did <laughs> i was like the
1: entire time i was doing mine i was like i really hope we get a match it's gonna be great if we get a match but it didn't work out that's all right it was still fun
0: all right, as always, uh, when we finish these things off, we like to rate the CDs or the albums from uh, one to seven. Can we call it an album if it's only got three tracks? I guess it's really a EP. EP, yeah, I maybe, guess. yeah. All right. Anyway, we'll rate the CD on a one to seven basis based on how much we think this album should be in a Bond fans' audio library, with seven being usually reserved for the actual soundtracks and the occasional standout, like obviously David Arnold's Shaken and Stirred." So based on our traditional one to seven rating, Jared, what would you give it? I like it a lot
1: for me personally. I have it at a five for me, but using our lens of how much is need to be in a bond fans library? I think if I'm honest with myself, I think it's more of a novelty. And I think it's not really super necessary to be in your, in your bond fans library. So I say for the average bond fan library, I'm actually going to give it a three, which is not a slight on it at all. I just think it's more of a novelty than a must have. Now, if you're a hardcore collector like me, then you probably would bump it more up to a five. But I think for your average collector, I'm going to put it at a three because it's more of a novelty.
0: Yeah, I get that. I sort of agree with you. I I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was a good 10, 15 minute listen, but I think it's something of a curiosity piece. So I was going between two and three, but I enjoyed it enough. I think I'll I'll go with you and give it a three.
1: There you have it, folks. Not required listening by any means, but uh, if you're a hardcore collector, by all means, go get it. And if you just want to have a little fun, it's out there. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Bond Music 6 of the Best. If you got a question or a comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on our Twitter page at ohmspod. And of course, we'd appreciate it if you subscribe to On Her Majesty's Secret podcast on your favorite podcast platform or even your least favorite one. Either way is fine with us. And if you can leave a rating or a review, that would be great. And if you want to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard
0: Sale Artist. And you can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Alan? And you can find me for Bond stuff on Twitter at Bond Lexicon or you can check out the James Bond Lexicon Book Companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online. Okay, well, thanks for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks, all three of them if you're keeping count, were from the James Bond-themed triple feature album. EP, whatever, which is available on CD and via streaming on Amazon Music and is actually also on YouTube, which is where I listen to it. As always, we'd like you to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl. Please support the Bond creative community. We will be back with six of the best as we return with my next pick, which is Come Spy With Us, the Secret Agent Songbook. Ooh, I'm tantalized. I'm sure you can get the tablets for that. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.